The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 40. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everybody, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away including all the deeper meanings and themes that we can find. Today we're discussing the two newest episodes of the newest season of The Clone Wars by looking at episode 5, Gone with a Trace, and episode 6, Deal No Deal. Um, when I first saw that, I actually thought of the show Deal or No Deal. And yeah. <laughs> same. same. Um, that's totally beside the point. Joining me on the panel tonight um, are, first up, Angela Cialana. Hey, Angela. I picked Deal. <laughs> Second Wait, up. Wait, not with the pikes. No, not with the no, pikes. Oh, Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't. Um, second up this evening, Mike Creevy. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going, Father? Going pretty well. Third, Thomas Sanjurjo. Well, uh, thanks hey, for covering for me last week, and of course, no glad problem to have you tonight. And finally, this evening we have a full house. It's Andrew Hermes. Hey, Father, it's good to be with you again. Absolutely, it's good to it's good to be back with y'all. Um, so these first two episodes of this arc uh, have brought us back to Ahsoka and a continuing her story. So I always throw this out to you guys first. What were your impressions of these two episodes? Of course, this is leading into a larger story arc, so we don't have the final uh, conclusion of that yet, but we have the initial. What do you guys think? It's pretty clear that these are season seven, where the other two may have been kind of like season six and a half, Um, Mm. because there's definitely a different feel to the animation. There's a different feel to the the plot flow and the character development. and you know we're back to Ahsoka, which is good. But I, I definitely felt a diff, a big difference between these two episodes and the last two that we saw, or the last four that we saw. Yeah. So suppo- uh, supposedly the um, this was one of the arcs that had like one of one animatic that was done. Um, the story arc was like sort of sketchy. Um, and Ahsoka was supposed to like meet some kind of rogue, uh, smuggler type person. I think originally that was a male. So, um, it was, it was very different, um, seeing this, this sister duo. And, um, I just, I'm still just eating up the animation. I just love it. And I think, Dave Filoni was probably just like basking in the glory of like Ahsoka in <laughs> yeah. all of this beautiful animation and cinematic shots and lighting and everything. It was fabulous. I, yeah, I just I thought it was <laughs> like right off the 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 bat to just sort of pick right up with like and and we'll get more of the details, but like 
if you forgot where things left off with her, which, you know, fans, of course, didn't, it just brings you right into like, man, things are just not going well for her. Yeah. You know, like within like the first 10 seconds of it, it's just this really edge of your seat kickoff to the whole thing that that's not edge of your seat because it has anything to do with bad guys or like <laughs> droids. It's just like, man, life is hard. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was good to see Ahsoka back. Um, but I think as a whole, the two episodes were, I don't know, I want to say they were disappointing. I, I think they were just fine for me. Um, cause I think they just kind of, they, they felt a little filler to me at least. And they, it, it just, it, both episodes kind of dealt with Ahsoka, like, um, struggling between survival and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as well as, you know, the, the sisters dealing with that as well. Um, so I, I kind of felt like the two episodes are very similar in themes. Um, I, I felt like you could, they probably could have just done well with just one of these episodes. And then moving on with like a, the the bigger storyline uh, that that we see kind of teased at the end of uh, Deal No Deal, but uh, like I said, it's good to see Ahsoka back, and and uh, it was uh, uh, that was good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it. I thought it was interesting. I I watched uh, the the Clone Wars download uh, where they interview some of the cast and crew behind the scenes, and Dave Filoni made the point that that these two girls, Trace and Rafa, are they're sort of acting like a mirrors to Ahsoka of who she could become. Like Rafa is is who Ahsoka could become, a more bitter, you know, doing everything that it takes to survive. Um and Trace is almost like Ahsoka who's young and naive and idealistic and and, you know, a, a bit ambitious. And so after I kind of I watched the episodes and I watched the download and then I went back and rewatched the episodes and that, that sort of clued me in a little bit more to, to focus on uh, what was going on. And it actually got a lot more out of the episodes than I did the first time through Uh, because the first one is, is yeah, not, not really high stakes at all. Um, But it's exposition basically. Right. And, and they, they Mm -hmm. set up the kind of the, the characters, the, the relationships Mm -hmm. um, and, and the moral dilemma that that Ahsoka finds herself in, you know, she wants right. to do what she knows is right, but how do you weigh that against these two girls who are doing what they feel they need to to survive, even though it's not lining up with Ahsoka's morality? Um, and that sort of gets then amplified in in that second arc. So uh, the the second episode. Uh, so I'm I'm very curious to see this this play out. I was also very happy to see Kessel. Um, and yeah, I was, was kind of yeah. shocking. <laughs> yeah, I was. My kids, my kids immediately, as soon as they saw the the cloud rings, they're like, "Oh, are they going to castle?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm raising Star Wars nerds." <laughs> That's so good. Well, and it it's was green. It's green. It was yeah. Well, that that was yeah. initially what surprised me. Yeah, but then it was also pointed out. Um, the, the fascinating question was was uh, this version of Kessel developed and Solo used it as a reference mm. in developing solo mm. or was solo the reference for uh the clone wars so mm. i don't know if we'll ever figure that one That's out a good but, question but yeah, yeah we learned a little bit more about kessel so um but we'll get into that more when we get it into that second episode so let's go ahead and jump into the to the recap here of of episode of uh, episode what are we at five. episode five five uh gone with a trace quite quite the pun there 
the the fortune cookie at the beginning is uh if there is no path before you create your own uh which uh very well could just relate to Ahsoka now as she is trying to create her own path in the universe as, as she has left the the Jedi order behind um we pick up with her i assume it's quite literally after she walks out of the Jedi temple and she has left but she uh she gets on this speeder bike and runs into immediately mechanical issues and malfunctions. And but before that, the shot of her, yeah. like the way it pans around and everything, it's it's so much Anakin that that riding that speeder bike off to the Tuscan Raiders. You know, oh, yeah, I that's mm-hmm. exactly what I saw of her m- moving that way, and so it's almost like she's possibly headed off down a dark path. And so we that's that was the setup for me. You know, where you're talking about like these two characters as a foil for her and what she could be. I was really seeing that in that very beginning moment where it's like, ooh, what what's she off to do now? <laughs> they definitely left out Duel of the Fates, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and she, she gets into, you know, a whole world where she could very easily choose to go down that, that, that dark mm-hmm. path. And if you want to, you know, get, you know, uh, metaphorical, I mean, she falls down the pit. More or less, yes. right? Very much so. <laughs> she, she, yeah. uh, her speeder breaks down and uh, she crashes uh, down this pit, and uh, she she manages to to catch herself and land on this platform at level thirteen thirteen, which has particular significance. I think Thomas, yes, <laughs> yes, please. It was it was a video game. I wanted it so bad. I wanted it, but it was right before the the the. the uh, yep. transition from lucas to disney and it got axed but it looked so amazing mm-hmm. and when i saw that pit i was like no way they're seriously going to do this and then they started like <laughs> referencing it inside the show i'm like yes it's 13 13 it had to, had to appear somewhere <laughs> it's also where uh ahsoka is hiding um i mean in the timeline it, it was very recent that she was there um so i thought that was interesting that they had her going back um, but I guess that's sort of like, well, she's still in this dark place. She's still kind of stuck, you know, mm. um, personality wise, she is probably just still struggling with the same issue of like, I don't know who I am anymore because the people that I thought I was, I belonged to, uh, totally screwed up and they just ruined what I, what I thought was my whole worldview, my whole understanding of myself and yeah so i thought that was really interesting that we went back to 1313 right away well and and uh that that dilemma that er- internal dilemma that that ahsoka is going through is is captured in the in the 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 visuals and uh there's a point there where um she meets trace and um trace is fixing this this nebula class uh starship but and offers Ahsoka a bit of space to to fix her speeder bike. But there's a point there where Ahsoka gets irritated and angry and just kind of walks out. And we have that that visual of her just kind of standing, looking kind of upwards out of that pit. And and nothing is said, but you just you know that that she is struggling with the decision, struggling with who she is and and where she's going and and all of that. But she kind of has to has to stay and and uh forms this relationship with with trace um and so they they start to have this this dialogue back and forth and uh trace kind of is asking ahsoka where she's from and um she doesn't quite reveal 
who she is. Uh, she she just says that she's from the upper levels of Coruscant. And then Trace reveals her own kind of thoughts and feelings on the Jedi, that uh, the Jedi aren't who she thought they would be. Um, they are different from, you know, the stories that she grew up with. And and so it's it's clear that Trace is not um, a fan of the Jedi, that she she sort of blames the Jedi for starting these wars and ignoring uh, the, the general population and, and her and all the, the people that that she knows. I don't know about you guys, by the way, but with that, I had to laugh a little bit because I thought it, this hasn't happened in a while just because the circle I'm in, it's kind of known where I stand on like faith and stuff like that. But <laughs> I thought of some times where like someone didn't know like my mm-hmm. Catholic background and they just start like rattling stuff mm-hmm. off. And I'm like, oh, right. oh well, uh, well, actually, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to really go down that path with you. Or just you, that's that awkward kind of like I want to push back, but like I, I'm yeah. kind of in their world and, you know. Yeah, so that was, I think, well-written. I thought about that, too. She was, like, in her bubble, and it's almost like somebody, yeah, who's just kind of stuck in the church bubble, and then they (laughs) step outside. Or, you know, it could be public service. You know, it could be any situation where you're just kind of insulated, and you think that you're the greatest thing ever since sliced bread, and then you go out in the real world where people have problems, and... They don't think you're the greatest thing. And yeah, I, I, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, she's probably like 17 here, I'm thinking. Yeah. So that's pretty young to, you know, be facing those kind of questions and, you know, that kind of scenario. Well, I feel like she's run into hesitance before from people, but it's always been like them talking to her as a Jedi. Now it's like they don't know who she is. Right. And so like, you know, you're you're just the assumption, like you're just one of us you know, normal folk and yeah, like seeing it from that perspective must be really interesting for her. Well, and, and Ahsoka may not be quite in the position of, of uh, being a, a staunch defender of the Jedi right. anymore. She right. herself has right. become disillusioned, you know, versus um, I mean, as you guys were talking, uh, I just, I have to think of uh, when I, when I go to comic cons and I, and I put on my, my priest collar, and so I'm not I'm not at all hiding the fact of what I what I am and, and who I am. Um, but there's all sorts of people that I interact with that are um, they're they're not. I haven't encountered anybody who's hostile, but I've encountered people who don't understand or who are um, vocal in their, you know, in their own views that are that are different and contrary to to my view as a, as a priest, um, you know, but I. I guess I, unlike Ahsoka, have have a solid sense of who I am, and and I'm not. I mean, I I know the humanity of the church, but I'm not disillusioned with with God and and mm-hmm. Jesus, you know. And so I can I can kind of navigate some of those uh, those planes. But Ahsoka is in this position of not even, I guess, not even knowing where where she wants to fit into all of this, and mm-hmm. and and you can even see that she is hesitant to use the Force. Mm-hmm. Right. Almost as a, I don't know, a, a rejection of it as she left the Jedi Order. It was, you know, kind of leave that part of her behind, but but she can't. I mean, that's that's part of who she is. Or, yeah, using the Force is something Jedi do. Right. Right. <laughs> that's got to be, yeah. Oh. So she, yeah, she she doesn't reveal fully to, to Trace uh, who she is. Uh, but this this relationship between her and Trace seems to be at the core of, of what's happening in this in this story arc, I I think, anyway. Um, as they're having this conversation, a thug shows up, Pintu, um, and arrives, and he is uh, demanding money that 
Trace's older sister, Rafa, uh, owes him. But because Rafa's not there, he tries to get uh, Trace to, to pay him. And <laughs> they both, uh, Trace and uh, Pintu, make it clear to Ahsoka to stay out of it. But um, that doesn't actually pan out, which was uh, quite, quite entertaining. Uh, because Trace tries to fight off Pintu and gets overpowered and then finally uh, asks Ahsoka for help. And Ahsoka just comes in and, and kicks their tails. Yeah, my kid, my kids immediately picked up on the fact that these were all of her Disney, uh, Disney Infinity moves. So the, the character from Disney Infinity, this is, a, this is the way she fought. And so they were all like, "Oh, that's just like a." So, <laughs> I I couldn't take Pin too seriously because it was Bobby Moynihan, <laughs> and he in yes. in Star Wars Resistance he plays these like really kooky characters, and so. <laughs> And this character looked pretty funny, too. Apparently, it was like something that based off of a Ralph McQuarrie drawing. I read that mm. on, on the episode guide. Um, mm. So that's interesting. But yeah, I just I couldn't take it seriously. Well, and I, I always like anytime anything with him in Star Wars comes up, I think of the uh, the SNL skit they did years ago when yes. Force Awakens was coming out. And it was like the toy commercial. And it was for all the kids. And then like all these like 30 something year old white guys like just stand behind them. And they're like, at us too. <laughs> so awkward. And he's got the Falcon like, no, it lands like this. You know, so I can't, I can't like unhear that. It's so funny. There was a subtle reference to Anakin as well in that point. Uh, because mm. Trace asks uh, Ahsoka uh, who taught her how to fight. And she says, my yeah. older brother taught me. Older, older brother. Older brother, yeah. So I got a little emotional on that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then Trace and Ahsoka uh, go meet up with Rafa and it looked to me like a laundromat. Yeah. 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 Star Wars laundromat. <laughs> so, yeah. They've they, got to they exist. exist. Yeah. We just saw the bathroom thing in Mandalorian <laughs> finally. So, yep. Got to clean their clothes, man. <laughs> yeah. But no zippers. No. <laughs> so uh trace confronts rafa about the uh, the money that she owes Pintu, and uh rafa says that she has a job that will that will get them the money and rafa is immediately uh skeptical of ahsoka when she meets her and those two continue to to kind of butt heads throughout uh throughout the arc which i really enjoy those two interacting with yeah. each other it's really interesting because Rafa is this person who is, um, she makes really poor decisions and yet she is Han she, Solo. and she's very rough around the edges, you know, but she's still likable. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She has totally that quality about her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly what I thought when I, when I saw her, I was like, that's, that's the Han Solo character here. You just take the piloting <laughs> out and put it in another character. And that's what you have between the two of them. <laughs> well, and I, and I think what makes her likable, at least for me, is that that her core value is family. Mm -hmm. Like she is doing everything that she's doing to protect her and Trace. And yes, she's choosing wrong, um, doesn't have the best guidance, uh, and is a bit arrogant. Uh, but yeah, she she has a uh, she has a love for her sister that I think uh, we can relate to. She's straight wise, you know. She's got a. Be confident in what she's doing in order to hustle. And I don't know if I'm uh, bad for saying this, but I like her haircut. <laughs> Dude, her haircut's <laughs> awesome. cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. Cool. Both of them have cool haircuts. Yeah. Yeah, she also, she also reminds me of, um, and I think she even quotes a line from Indiana Jones, another Harrison mm -hmm. Ford character, you mm -hmm. know, I think in Deal No True. Deal. 
I think she says she does it for fortune and discovery, yeah. something like that. And that's, that's, right. that's directly oh, yeah. from Indiana Jones. So yeah. she's uh, taking influence yeah. from two uh, big time Harrison Ford characters. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's why we like her so much. Yeah, <laughs> could be. She just yeah she she's a little more enthusiastic than him. But yeah, <laughs> she doesn't talk like this well, all the time. Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is very expressive. I think they even made a point that she talks a lot with her hands. Yep. In mm-hmm. the uh, in the behind the scenes, so yeah. Well, I think one one of the things that's interesting about the sisters uh, that that separates Ahsoka is that Ahsoka is coming from this community of people like mm-hmm. all the jedi are a community so every jedi mm-hmm. knows that every jedi has a has a standing they can talk to each other they can easily go back and forth with the council they have standing as a, as a communal group and she's now on her own and you have these two sisters that are on their own and that's that's the way they make life work is they are on their own they owe nothing to no one except for when they are in debt to someone for whatever. But, uh, you know, they are making their own way. And the most important thing is them. Just the two people in that agreement. Let's know another solo thing. I'm thinking of uh, uh, Tobias Beckett's big thing, you know, but he's far more self-centered than either of them mm-hmm. seems to be, you know, especially once Val's out of this, you know, out of the picture, you know, by the way, if you haven't seen Solo by yet, come on. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's that's more of this idea of like you know you what do you do with what's given to you you know which mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very timely for well, all of us too I guess <laughs> and and both of them Beckett yeah. Beckett and um and and Rafa um I mean ha- have that similar attitude that don't don't rely on anybody Rafa and, mm-hmm. and Trace have that mantra um and I'm forgetting exactly how they phrase it but it's to basically only rely on ourselves. And then Trace tries to throw in, and maybe Ahsoka, <laughs> you know. Um, but even Beckett too. He he, his whole comment because I was just watching Solo on Sunday to to kind of get a feel again for the Kessel stuff. But he even tells mm-hmm. on Solo that you know if you act as if everybody's going to betray you, you'll right. never be disappointed. So yeah. again, that that whole you know that that life is very lonely, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, in the, it, as you're trying to be self-sufficient, but it's, it's lonely and miserable. Um, where Ahsoka. And you may, you may, you may be protected, you know, in terms of yep. that, but you're also cutting yourself off. For, I mean, it's just, it assumes that it's impossible for anyone to not be betraying you. Right. And you've locked yourself into that. It's that whole idea that if you guard your heart so much that you don't let anybody in, you'll never be hurt. But you'll also right. never experience authentic love and relationships. What you know, mm-hmm. what makes life worth living? Exactly. So yeah. So and and Ahsoka might be able to kind of bridge that gap uh, for for mm-hmm. Trace and Rafa. So at that point, a uh, back at the back at the laundromat, uh, Twi'lek walks in and and has this deal set up with with Rafa to to build these three droids, and that's where Rafa kind of. Tells him that the the laundromat is just a front for this business, and that her associate is gonna build the droids in the back, and they're the best droids ever. And of course, the associate is Trace, and Ahsoka decides to to help out, and uh, so they start to get to work on these these droids. And Ahsoka is is having these <laughs> difficulties with droids um, for for obvious reasons, uh, the the encounters that she's had in the the Clone Wars. But uh, she she's just she's telling Trace that some droids are just crosswired from the start, and 
so I th- this was a very interesting exchange uh, because uh, she talks about droids that way, and then Ahsoka makes the comment that uh, she understands a lot about a lot of things, but she doesn't really understand people. And then Trace responds uh, kind of similarly. She says, "There are good people, there are bad people, and some are just crosswired like these binary load lifters." And so I had a kind of a, a couple random thoughts there. First of all, was was uh, connection to the Mandalorian IG Eleven, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, that that mm-hmm. whole idea of him being a bounty hunter droid and then being reprogrammed and kind of saves the day. Uh, but also just the whole idea that that uh, you know people aren't just crosswired bad you know and, mm-hmm. and and from from a catholic theological standpoint every single human person is created in in the image and likeness of god and is created good so nobody is mm-hmm. is inherently crosswired to be bad from the get-go and we never call people evil you know right we call their mm-hmm. actions evil right and uh so yeah so I thought that that was, I mean, they're, they're kind of trying to play this out a little bit. Um, these, these binary load lifters, of course, are not human beings. And, very, and if they're programmed to be violent, which we, we see that play out, then that's, that's uh, their programming. But, but people are not inherently uh, bad or evil. So as they're building these droids, Ahsoka realizes that uh, this, this type of droid, this binary load lifter, is, is a fraud and that they're actually demolition droids uh, prone to violence. And um, so, of course, she makes sure that the restraining bolt is on her droid. And, of course, the restraining bolt, bolt does not get put on to traces. And it activates and escapes. So they start the chase. And uh, they they chase Droid. Uh, he jumps down, uh, you know, a number of levels, and um, is just breaking things all along the way. And uh, Trace goes and gets the speeder, and Ahsoka goes and gets the tracking device to track it down. And we see that scene kind of play out where they they chase the Droid, track it down, um, and and the kind of the fight scene with with the Droid. Trace manages to jump onto the Droid, and. Uh, is told to, to hit the off switch that's on the, the face plate. I was like, why did they put it there? <laughs> on the face? Yeah, on the face. <laughs> so you can boop the nose. You got to boop the nose. <laughs> boop the nose. <laughs> it makes for dramatic storytelling. <laughs> Where else did you put the off switch? I don't know. It'd be, just having an off switch on a droid seems kind of strange in general. <laughs> have a, you'd have a remote control. It's like a, you know. Exactly. Put, push push the, the app. But alas, this one is not quite that sophisticated. And uh, uh, Trace does manage to finally hit the off switch uh, as they're hanging on this ledge and, uh, and about to hurt this, this child. Um, but the droid falls and Trace is on it and Ahsoka catches it with the, the forklift claws of the speeder. And uh, the, the weight is, is too much to bear and the, the speeder starts to, to fall over the edge. At which point Ahsoka uses the winch to try to to bring it back onto the ledge. And it's at this point that it's still not working and Ahsoka is forced to to use the force uh, to, to bring them back to safety. And there was a little Twi'lek kid that saw it and was just so amazed. I kind of got the impression that maybe nobody knew necessarily. I don't know. She did it very right. discreetly. I, 
I, yeah, I suspect only that little Twi'lek kid even realized something strange was going on. I was kind of waiting to see the Twi'lek kid at the end, you know, just force grabbing a broom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I suspect that Ahsoka is very much trying, first of all, to not use the force, but also second, I think she's trying to hide her force abilities. So I, I, I think she was very intentional about trying to make that as, as low key as possible. Um, and then, so they, they get back to safety and Ahsoka and Rafa have a, have a confrontation about the droids. And this is where we get into that moral, uh, conundrum that Ahsoka is faced with is that she realizes that, that, the, that these droids would cause all sorts of damage if they're delivered. Um, but Rafa wants to, to keep the deal and exchange the droids for the money that, that she was promised, uh, for the survival of her and her sister. And Ahsoka tries to get her to to reconsider that, and kind of at the end, Rafa just says that she'll do the right thing, which apparently means charging the tweet like double, <laughs> rather than <laughs> more money. Right, right. <laughs> um, but that reveals a little bit of Rafa's morality. You know, I mean, yeah. she she again, she she is doing what she thinks is best for her and her sister, um, without necessarily thinking about. Uh, the larger picture or, you know, what's what's going to happen to this. She's concerned with uh, the immediate survival of her and her sister and paying off off Pintu with these credits. Um, and that particular episode then ends kind of with Trace and Ahsoka going back to, to finish uh, working on, on Ahsoka's speeder. I love the way the next episode opens with them talking about the names of the ships and the speeder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so to kind of jump into that, unless was there anything else that anybody wanted to mention about that first episode before we continue? Um, just to redeem the Last Jedi a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, like in the behind the scenes little download episode that they had uh-huh. on StarWars.com, they talked about how uh, the speeder sound for Ahsoka's junkie speeder uh, just wasn't quite right, and then the sounds uh, editor. Remembered that the Last Jedi had these little skimmer, rinky-dink ships, and they sounded like jalopies. And so she took that sound and mixed it with this, the normal speeder sounds, and that's how they created Ahsoka's speeder sounds. I thought that was pretty neat. And uh, Last Jedi <laughs> is helpful. <laughs> you know, I've 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 softened about the Last Jedi the more it ages. I the, I'm the same way. I'm not I'm not as <laughs> I haven't watched it again, but I'm just like you know it's like mellowing on me. <laughs> yeah, I think Rise of Skywalker helped mellow Last yeah. Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I said that tongue in cheek because right. I like all the <laughs> movies. <laughs> I'm not prejudiced. Okay, well, to jump into then um, the next episode uh, entitled Deal, No Deal, not Deal or No Deal, but Deal, No Deal. It starts with the the fortune uh, cookie saying, mistakes are valuable lessons often learned too late. And that, I think, comes into play quite quite heavily in, in the, the, the back end of this episode. Uh, so so we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it starts off, Thomas, like you mentioned, that they're they're finishing these repairs on the, the Nebula class ship, um, but also the, the speeder bike and uh, Trace calls her ship the Silver Angel and then wants to know the name of her speeder bike. I love they will it's not trash. let her they it's will not let her forget that. 
But it's so true. It's <laughs> it's funny though because the naming scheme naming schemes on ships are really really important and like, and it's interesting because you don't hear names like that for ships in the Star Wars universe. Right. And, you know, another franchise that has really unique, amazing naming schemes is the Halo franchise, and yeah. um, the, their yeah. naming schemes for their ships are just. Yep absolutely stunning and they make the ships sound huge and important and, and awesome <laughs> and in star wars everything sounds very like i don't know futuristic not yeah. fantasy mm-hmm. um you know i mean the closest you get to is the millennium falcon and it's but it's still the millennium falcon you know and so it's got this very like forward thinking progressive thing and there's something about silver angel that's just very you know whimsical yeah, and and old world shippy kind of you know like uh, you know the age of sail and and it's just really weird to have I like I don't know why it doesn't fit but it doesn't fit they're they're absolutely right it just doesn't fit as a name for a ship. <laughs> well, the name Angel, <clears throat> as someone named Angela, um, is very <laughs> like it's an innocent sort of word, and I think mm. um, it goes well with Trace's character being sort of naive and innocent in a way. She's not really exposed to. I mean, obviously they have a hard life, but she herself hasn't had to deal with a lot of that stuff, and she's very idealistic. So um, I think it goes well with her character and kind of shows sort of you know her personality as well yeah i was also really happy to see her stick with it like everybody's critiquing (laughs) it ahsoka and rafa and she's she's just going full full tilt with it um so they they're they're fixing uh the the ship and uh again uh, ahsoka and trace are are kind of just talking um about about things and we get another reference to anakin uh she uh trace asks ahsoka where she where she learned all this and what academy she went to and and she calls she calls it skywalker academy um so another another little emotional moment there um at that point uh rafa comes in and and tells trace that uh, she needs her for a job and that the pilot she had originally hired backed out and so she needs trace and so there's a bit of a uh, Trace is a little bit offended that she was asked not first. <laughs> um, she is way overconfident in her piloting abilities. For <laughs> I don't, I don't think she's, I don't know if she's ever flown really before. No, I think they say yeah. she she hasn't. Right. Yeah. So, like, I felt I felt like I was in there with them and I was in danger. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You're like, why? Why is anyone getting back on this ship? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and that tells you, like, they're. Uh, like going back to their perspective of of the Jedi, like being like their whole thing is like the Jedi ha- have never helped them out, and 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 is totally different than what Ahsoka you know might have thought before. But it's also interesting that they really haven't been away from thirteen thirteen. This and, and you see that because obviously she can't fly well and she hasn't flown before. Yes, it, I think that also uh, allows Ahsoka to. To, to kind of realize that oh yeah these people only know you know what they know they they they, they only know like th- this way of life because they they haven't seen what what else is out there you know this in this expansive you know universe so um it it, it just reveals a lot more about these characters well and, and rafa knows quite a bit more but she only really lets lets trace know certain things or you know is 
you know, they, they don't realize that the, the Pikes are, or at least Trace doesn't realize that the Pikes are this intergalactic crime syndicate. And, you know, she just <laughs> yeah. assumes they're thugs, ordinary thugs, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they're, I guess they're, they're really getting a, uh, Trace is really getting an eye opener with this whole, with this whole mission. Um, Rafa is, uh, again, suspicious of, of Ahsoka. Um, she confronts her and, and just, and again, this reveals Rafa's whole, um, personality and attitude but she assumes ahsoka has has an ulterior motive and mm-hmm. she she makes the comment that you know everybody has has an angle and everybody has you know kind of what their their own motives and um ahsoka you know just kind of says that she's there to to, to, to help them and and rafa doesn't quite buy that but uh she she lets her come along um and at that point then they depart uh from the underworld and uh immediately head into the military lane <laughs> and yeah have have this comical uh exchange happening with with Yularen and um but a, but a really cool moment there with with Anakin and um Ahsoka mm-hmm. as well because Yularen is going to send um you know he's going to send pilots out to arrest them and um it's it's Anakin with his with his force connection to Ahsoka that they sense each other that he he tells Yularen to let him go, which was which was really cool to see. Yeah, that was pretty pretty touching. I thought. Yeah, I mean, even the, even their facial expressions. I mean, just showed you know their their own depth of of feelings for each other as they as they had that that moment. Well, and it's it's a little it, again like you know we were talking in the last episode about just certain things about Anakin that that evoke for whatever reason something from um, the original trilogy. And it, yeah, I couldn't help but get a little bit of, I mean, it's not evil, but it's, it's the same guy and he's on the deck mm-hmm. of a Star Destroyer and there's mm-hmm. someone out there he's close right. to and he's like, where is that shuttle going? <laughs> it's the same kind of, right. you know, just, just give him 20 some years. But it, it was just a, yeah, something about that imagery. I'm, I'm sure they thought of that. But yeah, that really jumped out at me. They then finally get out into to hyperspace and Trace uh, forgets to release the air brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I just it 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 makes me laugh, but it but it just it, again shows um, you know <laughs> her lack of experience. But it's funny because I think probably I don't know if you guys have been there, but I've been there where like especially if 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 um, I I don't drive stick shifts, but you know, but I remember trying to drive stick shift uh, you know back on the the family ranch at one point, and and yeah, forgetting to to unlock the emergency brake or you know, killing the engine or whatever. So like, it's mm-hmm. totally relatable. And imagine a teenager doing that who's <laughs> never driven before. And you're going to, I don't know, do a drug deal. It's like the Kessel Run. It's going on the, ke- the Kessel Run. It's the Kessel Run, you know? Right. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it was also pointed out, and I, and I forget uh, who I was uh, reading about this, but, but that, that fortune at the, the beginning of the episode, that mistakes are valuable lessons often learned too late, that, that they were pointing out all the mistakes that Trace was making that weren't um, causing any sort of major issues. So this was like right. one of the mistakes that she made, or one of the other one was getting into the military lane, that she keeps making mm-hmm. th- these mistakes um, without, without having any serious consequences. And the mistake that she makes that it's too late is you know, at the end getting, getting captured and, and they have to deal with the, or no, not, not getting captured. It's the, um, dumping, the dumping the spice, spice. spice is the mistake yeah. that, that is finally, uh, you know, the, the one that she's made that she 
she didn't learn the lesson beforehand and it's too late. So, so that was kind of an interesting, uh, thing to kind of weave through the episode. So they, they do finally get into hyperspace and release the air brakes and they, they arrive at Kessel and Ahsoka is immediately suspicious. She knows, she knows what Kessel is known for. It's known for, you know, it's spice. And Rafa tells her that uh, they're picking up medicine. And then we see them land in this lush, beautiful paradise on Kessel, which did not at all click in my mind whatsoever. Yeah, that was weird. Well, supposedly, according to, I don't know if this was StarWars.com is where I got this, but the Northern Hemisphere was left to the Pikes to do their mining of the planet. And then the Southern Hemisphere was what we saw, which was lush and green. And that was what the royal family kind of cultivated, whereas they just let the Pikes kind of do their thing in the Northern Hemisphere. So mm-hmm. that's what I learned <laughs> from yeah. this yeah, episode. It's- it's canon for sure. I I really just had to to sit with it because I'm so used to the, the Legends yeah. material, which puts Kessel as like mm-hmm. this rocky, barren world. Mm-hmm. And then and then I was okay with with what they did to it in Solo, like you know, creating the the spice mines and the the coaxial or what wh- whatever that hyperspace Coaxium. fuel was, you know. But then to see this like lush, beautiful paradise, I was like, that is so not what I was expecting. Um, but. But yeah, it it is part of the canon of, of Star Wars about the, the planet. So um, which makes uh, Ahsoka's comment a little bit later when they finally head to the, the, to the, space, the spice mines. She says, now this looks like the Kessel from the stories. And I yeah, was like, right. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. You're right. <laughs> so yeah, that shot was just so stark. And it was just it was funny because yeah. it was pretty quick too. It was just like, and oh, yeah, OK, that makes that's that's where we're at. Got it. Now, and I don't know if you guys have ever uh, been to the Dominican Republic, but it's kind of um, it, it, it's kind of depressing, like flying along the border between the Dominican Republic and Haiti, because you mm-hmm. see exactly that. You see mm-hmm. this gorgeous, lush, beautiful green um, side of the island, and then there is a very clear delineation of what the border between the two countries is, and on the other side is just desolation. It's just stark it's bleak there's no trees there's nothing and it just stops dead at the border between the two countries so uh to me this that, that's what this was is like seeing you know this this divide on the planet where everybody's kind of living in on one side is living in this almost uh you know fantasy land that that just ignores the other side just, just don't pay attention to the other side over there they've got their own problems let them deal with it we're fine over here it's a very star wars theme you know, mm-hmm. the um reminds me of the Last Jedi. Actually, <laughs> I think she planned this. I, oh, no, yeah. I totally didn't. <laughs> but it's really fun to troll. So yeah, yeah. So they they land in this this lush, beautiful paradise and um, are met by by Kinesh Locke. He is a uh, he's King Yaruba's major domo. So I guess a, <laughs> uh, you know, his representative, the king, the king's representative to to meet Rafa and negotiate this deal, and they are brought into this uh, supreme and superb banquet. At which point they're all kind of sitting around the table, and uh, you you see Rafa, Trace, and Ahsoka all again. They're they're kind of in their own little their own little elements there. Rafa wants to wants to meet the king and. 
And Trace is so concerned about letting uh, the representative know that that they have the fastest ship around. Like she just has that again, that childlike innocence and naivete, and and she is she's so excited because she gets to fly her ship without knowing at all, really, you know, the the consequence of what's going on and the spice and all all of that. Um, and Ahsoka is is clued in on on the the, the quote unquote medicine that they're delivering. Uh, Kinesh is he's he tells them that it's the the essence of the medicine that they're going to be transporting three containers of unrefined spice. And Ahsoka, of course, knows that that uh, unrefined spice can be uh, made into you know the the recreational drug, uh, which is probably what's going to be used for. But um, it it can be used for things that are not so good. And as they are then leaving to go to the the, the spice mines to pick up the spice, um, Rafa just or Ahsoka comments to Rafa that that this this plan, this running the spice, could get them get them attacked. And Rafa thinks that uh, they'll be safe because they're smaller than the normal transports, and so they will be overlooked by um, the pirates and the people who would be be looking to to get this easy score. And um, and then Ahsoka and Trace talk a little bit about the mission as well, and and um, Trace uh, fully trusts Rafa, and and she says that she tells Ahsoka that that she knows that Rafa is just looking out for her, and and assumes um, that if Rafa has asked her to do this, then then she believes that she can, and and she's gonna she's gonna do it. And then they they finally get to the the spice mines of Kessel, the 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 Kessel from the stories, uh, which I was. Yeah. I was way more, <laughs> way more on board with. I was interested in that moment where they talk about the divide between seeing all the droids and, yeah. and realizing that they're slaves. That yeah. was really mm-hmm. yep. because we're we're getting into this point in Star Wars where we're talking so much about droids and their own autonomy and how that fits into everything that's working in the in the Star Wars galaxy. And so it seemed like it was almost like it's oh it's fine as long as that's just a whole bunch of droids but then as soon as we talk about it being slaves it's like oh that's different but then you take a step back and think well what are the droids doing then mm-hmm. really well and and star wars is uh, i mean it has a way of humanizing droids too especially l3 no no <laughs> <laughs> well i couldn't help but think just just with them being there it's a little funny though to see like Right. Yeah. You know, all the stuff going on there and just imagining how just chaotic that that scene's going to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, but because uh, I think this is give or take 10, 11 years before Solo. Just I was looking at the timeline. Yeah. Um, something that like that. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's Solo's kind of like halfway between, you know, three and um, four, I guess. Give yeah. or take. So, which is also kind of fun with, with Ahsoka just to kind of you know, all the Pike syndicate stuff, it made me think like, I wonder, I, I don't know if, if it would be just, if, if it would fit or not, but I couldn't help but think like, it'd be kind of cool if there was a way to kind of, you know, I don't know, get Dryden Voss or like uh, Tobias Beckett or some of those people, if we're going into some of this, you know, underworld stuff, that's, that's not out of the realm of possibility it might be kind of cool, but we'll have mm-hmm. to see. There was all sorts of connections to, to solo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We've got at least probably, <laughs> two more episodes of this arc probably so they they land uh they they load the spice uh from from kessel um and then when they're in in hyperspace heading uh to obadiah uh to meet with the the pike crime boss marg Krim. i'm so glad i wrote these down because they are 
<laughs> so <laughs> difficult to keep track of. Um, they, uh, Ahsoka and Rafa have, have this, this ethical debate um, about the spice. Um, Ahsoka points out uh, that the Pikes are, you know, these intergalactic crime. It's an intergalactic crime syndicate and that they will take everything from them and they, they probably won't even get paid. Um, they're not just, you know, your run of the mill uh, local gangsters. And so Ahsoka is trying to convince Rafa to deliver the spice to someone who could actually use it for medicine because she assumes that the Pike the pikes are going to use it for for recreational drugs um and we again run up into that that rafa needs to deliver the spice to get the money to pay off uh, the debts that she owes and to to help her and her sister survive and so she's adamant that she is going to deliver and ahsoka you know wants to to do what she feels is right um and trace doesn't want anybody to take her ship and dumps the spice mid-flight and tells them both, neither of you get your way. My jaw dropped. When she yeah. Died. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wondered how that was even possible in hyperspace to do that and not like knock the ship off <laughs> yeah. course. But, but yeah, it was definitely an unexpected uh, uh, plot development because now they're put in a position where they owe the intergalactic crimes and they get money and they have no spice to deliver. Um, they can't even choose to deliver it and turn it into medicine i mean they're they're really just in a in a really tight spot and uh ahsoka comes up with a plan for dealing with this and she suggests that she has a trick or two uh that might help them out hint 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 force force use maybe we all knew what was gonna happen right yeah yeah we we <laughs> yes. knew they they didn't <laughs> um you know so so they land and uh rafa lies to to the pikes and says that they had no problem transporting the spice and uh, uh the pikes want to check the cargo and ahsoka uses the force uh persuade to to get him to give them the credits and send them on their way at which point one of the other pikes calls it highly irregular and goes to check the cargo anyway and uh, very quickly realizes that there is no spice and they call patrol ships and they use a tractor beam and the the episode sort of ends with Rafa vowing to blame all of this on Ahsoka when she's interrogated and they're all surrounded at that point. I have a force question. Have we ever seen someone, a Jedi, use the mind trick on more than one person at a time? Very first time we saw it used. Obi-Wan... Uh... He seems to use it on all of the the troopers that are asking them questions. I was wondering if if that was the case. Right. Ray used that it on, particular on two guys in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Which is still my. It, I think that's still my favorite one though, because they're just so they're so dumb. They're just like <laughs> so happy to see you guys. The, the Daniel Craig <laughs> stormtrooper. Uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, the the one the, the two in uh, in Rise of Skywalker. I think it's um. I forget oh. who I think it's like Harry Styles and somebody okay. else. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's just so quick, but it's just a riot. And then that's, you know, Poe's like, does she do that to us? <laughs> you know, just like, he doesn't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I was wondering why, why didn't she do right, like that on yeah. all of them? But maybe it was just her youth or inexperience. Yeah. I don't know. It, it could be that that, that particular uh, pike was just resistant to it, too, because, mm. you know, I think we tend to take for granted that it's going to work. 
Right. Uh, and and I think the Jedi do too. The Jedi take for granted that it's going to work, but you, you it failed for Qui Gon when he was talking to right. to Watu. Watu's like, you know, <laughs> my tricks don't work on me, just money. No. <laughs> and and so that's I I think that there are some, and that might have been the case with this particular character as well. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take your suggestibility. I'm I want to see proof that this thing that we're mm -hmm. relying on happening did actually happen. I suspect Ahsoka is going to have to reveal her Jedi uh, past to. Rafa and Trace here pretty quickly to get them out of whatever mess that's <laughs> yeah but it but I think it's it's gonna cause some problems because Trace and Rafa yeah. are not are not a fan of of the Jedi and and so I I think I think that's where this is going I I it'll be mm. it'll be fun to see this kind of play out and and how Ahsoka deals with it and I, I do wonder if there's if there is more there you know, that meets the eye is like a little more specific reason why they don't like them rather than just maybe the general perception mm. of them as, as not all that great. So I don't know. Right. I think that that first episode, they, um, Trace just mentions that, um, uh, she, she's under the impression that Jedi started the war and that, you know, right. And, and that, uh, they, they're ignoring the, the little people, I guess. Mm. But yeah, but you you also have this pair of sisters who seem to be scrapping to get by, and you wonder what happened to their parents that they've been doing this long right. enough, you know. And so that there might be something, there might be something to that. That not only did the Jedi start the war, but the war killed our parents, mm -hmm. and so that could right. be more That's of a, a yeah. deeper tale to well, it. Well, and we do know that that at least according to Trace, I think that that their parents split. So, mm -hmm. but we don't really know context or anything other than that. Because uh, mm -hmm. Trace mentions that's how they inherited the the hangar that they have. We might get some more uh, answers there. So, any final thoughts before we kind of uh, bring this Nebula class Silver Angel in for a <laughs> landing? <laughs> it was just nice to see Ahsoka again. Yes. Yeah, and she's she's definitely grown up since the last time that we saw mm -hmm. her too. I think like even even though this is picking up on the tail end of where where she last was. You see a more mature version of her in this, but it's it's also really interesting to watch her following the Jedi way of staying out of it, like being there, being present, but staying on the sidelines. And so you see throughout the, both of these episodes, she's not the main character. You know, the the sisters are the main characters, and she's just kind of there to ground the story back into the Star Wars, uh, into the Clone Wars uh, universe. Yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting things about Ahsoka for me is that she is trying to trod a middle path that has she has no particular guide she almost has to use the force as her guide in a way mm. and also her own conscience and what she's you know been brought up in um, and so I've always been curious, you know, cause we've seen the young Ahsoka and in Rebels, we saw the older Ahsoka and she was so wise. Um, and I always wondered ever since then, you know, how did she get to that point? Um, just, you know, meditating by herself, you know, it must've been some kind of life experiences and, you know, yeah. those type of things. So uh, I'm really fascinated to, to continue this journey with her. Yeah, just uh, yeah, and you see the real difference between her and Anakin in that in that way is is where Anakin would just force his will and and, and try to take mm -hmm. over a situation, you know, Ahsoka just tries to 
you know, like you said, just kind of the Jedi way from do it from the sidelines and, and find that, that middle path. And, and yeah, she struggles with it sometimes, obviously for dramatic effect. Uh, but, um, <laughs> uh, well, because she went to the Academy of Skywalker, right? That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Skywalker Academy. That's How right. could you not struggle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, naturally, but, um, but yeah, I think you uh you're you're starting to see like, you know, the more she matures, the 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 bigger sort of uh difference between her and Anakin as uh as characters. I don't really have anything else to add, so I think we'll we'll bring this in for a landing. Um that's that's it then from us. So listeners, what did you uh think of these episodes of the Clone Wars? Uh definitely be sure to let us know. You can email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page to let us know. And our email is starwars at sqpn.com. And you can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. So now we'd, of course, like to take a moment and thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create uh, the secrets of Star Wars, including Patricia R., Ron S., Ryan W., Marion M., and Lisa R. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Wars and all the various shows that we make here at StarQuest. And if you'd like to join them, you can do so by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And of course, uh, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, or wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. You can also subscribe going to the SQPN YouTube channel and clicking that little bell to, to get notifications. You can find any previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars by going to sqpn.com slash Wars. And we will be back in two weeks when we will be reviewing episodes seven and eight of season seven of The Clone Wars, home, the continuation of this, this story arc with Ahsoka. So definitely be sure to tune into Disney Plus, watch those episodes, and listen to us in a couple weeks. So until then, Angela, Cialana, thanks for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars this evening. Yeah, been a pleasure. Thanks. Thomas Anherho, thanks for joining us this evening. Nice to be here. Mike Creevy, good to have you on board this evening. Always a lot of fun. And Andrew Hermes, always a pleasure to have you with us as well. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks. Once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>